What it is, what's up, got your podcast in the cut. The uh, Tell Us It's a Societal Podcast, and uh, I'm back with more basketball talk, Auburn basketball talk, which I enjoy following, but I'm not good at, I don't really, I'm not really not a present college basketball discussion in an interesting way, more times than not. Especially, like, on the court stuff, just because it's such a, it's like a legacy industry, like, and that's not to say that, like, new people don't pop up and present college basketball in different ways or even that older college basketball heads don't find new ways to present it, such as with uh, Andy Katz and his podcast with uh, interviewing actual uh, college players. You know, there's new forms of digesting college basketball, but I'm just personally not good at it myself. But um, one lane that interests me a lot that isn't touched on much by people that cover my team um, is – coolness and modernization and i'm going to take that mantle and uh try as a younger person i like to consider myself young but you ask my back uh and me being almost 23 in a couple months i don't feel young but you know young's a state of mind i don't have that either so um i'm gonna try to do something that a lot of these people can't and try to convey how impressive it is that Bruce Pearl does what he does recruiting wise and even developing wise with the lack of facilities that some other basketball programs have. And I'm gonna do that right after the break, I believe. I hope so. I hope I hope it'll come back. Yeah, so funniest thing is I already did this part that I wanted to do, but I gotta do it again because Recording on Anchor.fm on your uh, phone is not as optimal as recording on your laptop. You're probably going to do an Anchor.fm ad break at some point in this. I'm not telling you how to use Anchor.fm, wink, wink, but, um, you know, maybe don't use it on your phone as much as if you have a laptop. Um, but to get back to the point, so I'm going to read off Chance Westry, who was the recent commit obtained by Bruce Pearl, and just read off Jerry Myers' scouting report. Very uh, tenured and respected individual in the field of uh, analyzing players and giving them comparisons and you know comparisons go a lot of different ways like this one is kind of more revolving on the idea that he won't gain like a ton of like you know muscle probably stay within the general range of his ability where he's currently I believe this is 190 um, and that's going to be pretty much about where he's at so the comparison Jerry Myers went to uh, Jerry Meyer went to was uh, Ronnie Hood from the uh, Trailblazers, and essentially, kind of what it breaks down to: sit, sits, multi-positional, a kind of a combo guard, a big combo guard, uh, very slender build, has to add mass and strength, uh, very elusive, quick, not necessarily athletic uh, in the sense of off the ground, like dunking and all that, like a Jalen Green, you know, um, but a knockdown shooter that can potentially get bigger. Uh, big time shooter, you know, like Brandon Royas, um, crafty and mid range of score and passer, potential mismatch as a post up player, not a tight handle, but can attack either direction and is better at going left, uh, can create separation, it has point guard type vision while attacking, uh, good rebound instincts, but not particularly strong, great defensive instincts, uh, good with rips. So like I said, I don't know if I got that part. In. I don't think I did. But uh, Wiggins was my thought process coming in. But Wiggins is, you know, truly a small forward built type of guy and kind of was 
even though his offense kind of lended itself more to a two. Defensively, he was built more to be a three. Um, and maybe as Westry gets stronger, he kind of figures out where, like, what's his uh, ceiling weight-wise, or what's healthy weight for him. Because Wiggins, you know, probably about 220, 230-ish. And he's like 6'8", you know. Uh, Westry, let's keep on going, or probably, you know, probably cap out at like 6'6", maybe another inch of 6'7". Uh, he just looks like, from what little I've seen, I haven't actually, like, watched his tape too much. But from what little I've seen, from how he's described, as kind of a someone with point guard capabilities that also um, has some two guard in his game. It screams to me like he's going to be a big two guard, a la Rodney Hood or Chris Middleton, uh, which is fine. You know, I think there's value being a bigger two guard that can maybe stretch out on some or step out on some bigger threes. Um, and on college, I mean, he'll definitely be fine. Like, I brought up Flanagan and Okoro, who both are built like twos that have played a three and played it pretty well in uh, Bruce Brooks' system. They both are bigger bodies than uh, Westry probably will be, but if he can get up to about 210 or so, he can survive out there in their system. Um, but I really wasn't, you know, sitting here to break down, you know, is he a good commit? Is he not a good commit? I think you should be able to kind of tell pretty quickly he's a good commit. Uh, he also appears when I read in some places that he was a listed as a five-star point guard in some positions. Um, which, you know, I don't know about, I, I don't know if that's out there or not. I usually just go like two, four, seven. That's pretty much the way to go to, but like I said, number one, small forward, uh, by two, four, seven, uh, number four, overall prospect in Arizona, number 39 prospect nationally. The composite brings them up a lot higher. 31 overall prospect, uh, number three, small forward. And, um, you know, 12, different avenues trying to pursue him uh had overtime hitting him up and other uh alternate uh, venues outside of college so he had quite a few that could uh, help him out and then i read like uh eric boss who also uh great recruiting mind swiss army knife i mean that's the funniest thing we were like we including me was just like worried when um when Pearl just pretty much skipped over, uh, what's his name, Nick Cruz, I believe, yeah, Nick Cruz, uh, like, just basically, like, you know, kind of showed him the door, I mean, from what I understand, he didn't particularly, like, not give him a chance, like, he gave him every chance to kind of work out, in a, in a sense, but, I, as I understand, he was a glass, uh, glass cannon, not glass cannon, um, he was just a one-sided guy. He was kind of a black hole vision-wise. Just all these things kind of just made him a limited prospect. And the one thing, like, more than anything, if you kind of see who Bruce Pro tries to get, especially when he, like, has his, like, you know, pick of the litter. Like, he's not, like, trying to fill in spots. He goes for people that typically... Uh... Typically have a little bit of versatility, but also seem to have a bit of like willing to, you know, kind of share, like put the scoring aspect to the side. I don't think scoring really matters that much to Pearl in the grand sense of things. Like he obviously would like guys that can score, but like, like Cruz is a gifted scorer. Cruz is an amazing scorer, but he's not like on that same level, even comparably to something like defense or I thought he looked like a, uh, someone who could make pretty adept passes. But there's a difference between a good pass and a good facilitator. And as I, I'm reading from everywhere, pretty much, 
Westry fits a ladder. And Cruz just didn't fit that. I don't know if he was like just a big ego or what happened, but they were working him out, looking at him. He just didn't look like an appealing prospect as a team player. So Pearl passed up on a five-star guy and got roughly a five-star guy. Even after passing up Zion Cruz, not Nick Cruz, even after passing up Nick's or getting passed up by Nick Smith Jr., who I thought that's going to be, I really felt, I really felt trepidatious after missing out on Nick Smith because after that, you pretty much had Westry and Jerace on your board. But outside of that, I mean, this is the name I, I've seen to remember, but it's pretty much Westry, Jerace, like one other guy that were high on your board. And then after that, it was just like, hope the grad transfer treats you well. And that's not a good spot to be in, especially when you think just how often we get in these situations where it just, it just feels like we are almost there with a crew and we just, like, get... Basically, like Mario Kart, someone, like, throws a shell at us and then we just get knocked off. And it's just... It's alarming sometimes, but... You know, it happens to everybody. It just seems like it happens to us a little bit more. But, um... We got we got a lot of the guys we want. I mean, I'm just looking at our top board. We prioritize Trey Donaldson pretty highly, in like in a vacuum, not even really factoring everybody else. We wanted Trey Donaldson. We got him. Westry is pretty much the backup for Nick Smith. Um, and you know we missed out on Smith. We got him, a fringe five star, and we're still, as I understand, in the top two or three for Jarrace Walker. So I mean, I, I think that's what you all you can really ask for. I know J- Joyful Hawk is someone that we pursued at one point in time. I don't know what happened with that, but he's still predicted to go to Auburn, which is the craziest thing. I don't think we really recruited him very much uh, in the past, you know, couple of months. But I know he was a, he was supposed to be a package deal with Scoot Henderson, and that didn't work out very well. So I don't you know if that's kind of what's happened, uh, kind of affecting that situation, but. Kamari Lands, um, another guy from class 2022, a four-star that is a true three, assist eight, small four. Um, I don't know how much Auburn is even in his wheelhouse, but he is, you know, someone that, uh, you know, will be nice. I'm just going to say that. I don't think they will push him uh, for Kamari too hard until they, like, confirm, because Jerace pretty much, like, he's about, like, a, a three pretty much. Uh, a, a small four, a big three. Let me see real quick. Yeah, he's six eight. Okay, so yeah, he. You want to get, but you want to try to pursue both. I imagine they intend on waiting. He is a four, but they're pretty much the same frame. Um, I think he would pretty much wait until they got confirmed that Jarace doesn't is not interested before they try to pick him up. Uh, Royce White. Wow, that's a hell of a comparison, Royce White. Um. And here, well, now we get to the uh, the cool part. So I'm going to talk about, after much deliberation, I'm going to talk about what, how I think this makes Bruce Pearl more impressive than just winning at a very lower-tier program, basketball-wise. But doing what he's doing, winning, recruiting, blah, blah, I'm going to take that and then put a spin to that after the break.
I should have got some water before starting this, but you know, I, I just keep I just go hard in the paint, dude. I keep on going. I took literally three seconds between that that last break to this break. You're gonna get the ad read, and I hope you stick around past the ad read. But <laughs> I I just got right back into it. That's free ASMR for you right there. Uh, <laughs> so think about it like this, right? Think about it like this. Ty Ty Washington, who was a combo guard that was interested in Auburn quite a bit, uh, ends up going to Kentucky. He gets a Ferrari deal with, I believe, the Ferrari dealership in Kentucky. Uh, and that is his NIO. He is getting Ferrari money. Uh, I assume money as well as Ferrari vehicles, uh, which is a pretty badass NIO deal, I would say. Uh, Alabama, they have a probably like, what was he like? The one of the two or three youngest head coaches in D1 basketball, Power Five basketball, uh, when he got hired. Um, Nate Oates, very young mind, uh, and instantly just. You know, that youth, I think, poured over into these these recruits that they got. Will Wade. Those are strong-ass offers out there. I don't think Auburn has the best facilities. I don't think Auburn has the coolest area around their basketball, you know, venue. Um, and I think Alabama is the greatest state of all time, you know? Um... Uh, and more than anything, they're signed to the, a shitty brand. I, this is, I'm sorry if you guys are going to be a completely G-rated. They're signed to a terrible brand for basketball, for college basketball specifically. Um, UA is not a good brand for recruiting. There, there are guys, you can go find the stories. There are guys, specifically Sharif Cooper, that actively committed to Auburn that were worried about how the brand would affect their uh, McDonald's All-American status. Because backdoor deals by Nike and Adidas and Jordan exist. A lot of them exist. And I think that's a big part of Kentucky being able to funnel guys directly into the the night to the uh NBA. They got Nike money on their side. <laughs> like they they have they have deals like they have deals with Nike, they have deals with the NBA, they have deals with the Knicks. He's a guy on the Knicks that's like strictly there just to like funnel in Kentucky dudes. Um, they have a ton of deals. You know, Alabama, they have, I think they have more money than we do. You know, probably not about like a ton, but they have more money to work with than we do. Uh, you know, LSU, they don't give a shit about morals. Like, I know everybody breaks the rules a little bit, but like, Nike, LSU does not give a shit about morals at all. They don't give a fuck. <laughs> if you're winning, they don't give a damn about morals. Um, and not, more than anything, they don't give a damn about hiding. They don't give a damn about morals. And, you know, we're, you know, going up against all that. And, you know, we're getting pretty good classes. I mean, if they get Jerace or, you know, someone like a, a good middle four-star prospect, because they don't rank like transfers, so transfer really don't matter one way or the other. But they get, a, you know, a good middle four-star prospect. This is probably... Uh, the top three class and what's a really good SEC now. I know last year was kind of aberration, but pretty good SEC, I think, at least talent-wise. They probably finish with a top three classes in the SEC. They get a decent third guy along, which is crazy to think about. They, if they do get to race, they could get two five-stars and one four-star that 
has looked good in the few times he's been really shown out there and, and you know, in uh, broadcast, so to speak. So, I mean, that's a pretty big fucking ducky, if you ask me. Uh, and he, like I said, Nunes without any kind of deals, which no deals really with the um, with the McDonald's committee, no real deals with like, you know, ESPN or other sports media be promoted uh, a crazy amount. And, you know, it's not really the the, uh, the legacy effect that goes to promoting, you know, even down basketball programs like in Indiana. Like, Indiana, even when they're ass, they're trying to get some viewership because they're Indiana, you know. When UCLA was bad for, uh, you know, a couple years back, a few years back, really, they've been decent as of late. But they got shown because of UCLA. Auburn doesn't get that. Auburn gets Charles Barkley. And, you know, that's about it, really, as far as basketball goes. Uh, so it's that's been nice to kind of get some love media wise but they got to earn that shit they got to grind that shit and that's another big reason why Bruce is so amazing is that Bruce finds almost inorganic insane ways to put Auburn out there uh you know the tip off is one of those examples that's masterclass marketing there's one of the few there's like nothing like that I can think of anywhere at least I haven't heard of it he found that he found that little niche used maybe the most notable area in, in this entire region of Alabama uh, use that area combined with basketball and like hey here we go here's tip off the tumors and now we bring out I think he brought out Seth Greenberg I bring out Seth Greenberg is ESPN I was ESPN covers a little bit and then you know it's just like the arm social media team they do a good ass job of like promoting these prospects uh, you know, these, you know, the Jared Harper, the Tariq Cooper is about block. And then they kind of, you know, dig in there, get some, some, uh, some traction via retweeting or reposting of the Sharice and the Jared Harpers and the Tumo Kikis and Isaac Coros and blah, 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 and DV. Um, they, I mean, they just work relentlessly. Like, and they're getting, like I said, they're getting pretty much no fucking help from the brand they're signed to. There's like no value in Under Armour brand wise. And there's like no, I'm like they, I would say the, the the uniforms are like better than the like they're to me are not as low, relatively speaking, as the football uniforms have been since Under Armour since they signed Under Armour since Auburn signed Under Armour. There's like a lack of cool in Under Armour, and that's way more prevalent in their football status. Up until you know these face masks, some things they've done with Brian Arson. Uh, then it is with basketball program. The orange uniform is really cool. They do a lot of things to orange uniforms. It seems to me like they work a little bit better. Uh, the Auburn kind of a clothing department with the uh, Under Armour kind of vision with making the basketball team do decently. But also another big part is gear. They don't get cool gear. If you live in Auburn, you can go to certain thrift places, especially consignment shops in the area, and you can find Auburn gear there, because these athletes, I mean, I know athletes everywhere sell gear, you can even go to uh, South Alabama, consignment shops there, and find South Alabama gear uh, there, uh, from players, like player given gear, player sold gear, but like, it's kind of, I feel it's kind of bad to have like, one of the top, you know, 10, 15 most notable, like, overall athletics programs out there, you know, somewhere around that, top 15, 20, um, and, like, the gear they give you kind of don't really want it, you know, I think that's, 
And it could be, I, I could be talking to my ass. It could just be old gear that needs to get replaced with the new models and new shoes, new sweats and whatever. But I think it's kind of like, there's a lot of that. If you look at certain places, there's a lot of that stuff, like kind of wafting around. There's something to be said for that. At the very least, like, it's not like good gear. Like, it's not like Jordan's, it's not like, you know, Nike Tech Fleece, which is the best sweats you can fucking find. And, like, let me, let me tell you this right here. Nike gives Tech Fleece, you know, tops and bottoms. Jordan gives Jordans. Under Armour has some of the best, like, workout gear, like, that's also somewhere stylish. They also have Ultra Boost. They have Ultra Boost collaborations with those shoes. I mean, with those pump, uh, those uh, schools. Uh, and they have shoes, Ultra Boost shoes that uh, are pretty cool. Far cooler than anything that Under Armour has shoes wise. Uh, you also can get like a, I think you, I think they get deals with Yeezys uh, through being. I'm not sure about that, but I think they get deals with Yeezys through being with Adidas uh, as a university. I don't, don't quote me on that, but the point being. Literally every other brand that's thought of in the same stratosphere as uh, Under Armour, in my opinion, in a higher stratosphere, um, way cooler. And Bruce is still getting five star guys to come here. That's the most important. Like literally, fuck the the basketball, like the history, all that stuff. Auburn being like one of the two worst programs, like seven, eight years ago, in in D one basketball. That's bad. But the fact that there's no help given to this man as far as, like, just... I, social media does a really good job. I will say that. Social media does a good-ass job. And I haven't mentioned it yet. But the Jungle slash, you know, just Auburn fans. Fantastic at making things work. I would say, like, Auburn fans in the same vein that social media works. They maximize the hell out of this place. Because Auburn, as a... Um, stadium is like way behind even with the color the colors do a, a good the, the thing is Auburn does a good job of throwing some band-aids on and making things work but as far as just like base level like design no one considers Auburn like the top three four maybe even five in, in this conference certainly not the region and I mean the fans make that shit if you ask most players, it's the most crazy place they've played, played in. There's a lot of things that do not come from the billions that this athletic department uh, should be doling out, but do receive. Um, that is made special by, you know, the fans, the people, uh, you know, just the, the what they call the, uh, the, the Joes and, and Schmoes, the Schmoes and Joes, I don't know. But just the normal ass people, they, they make this special. And Bruce Pearl's like that. Bruce Pearl, the reason why they love people like Bruce Pearl is because he's relatable as hell. Like, he's not some stuck up dude. He's not trying to be mad cordial. He's not fake. He's, he looks, I mean, obviously, he's a fucking showman. And to be a showman and a salesman as he is, he's definitely hiding something behind. And he's definitely strongly opinionated and very uh, contentious topics and you've seen his Twitter and his social media but here at the end of the day is still somebody that for the most part feels real uh, and that's really what's important uh, and that's I think going to keep on attracting very talented individuals to the school I, I, I think so
You look at um, London Johnson committing, all, uh, considering Auburn still being there with Jarrace Walker. Jalen Green said he would have he would have came here if, if the G League didn't offer. I think they were in the top three for Greg Brown. Uh, they were in the top, I think, two for Johnny Kaminga. Uh, they were right there with Scoot Henderson up until the G League. No, I was a G League. It was overtime. One of those two hit him up and asked him to come through. So they pretty much, if you didn't have these options to go outside of college that have been as prolific as they should be, because I, I support them, but as prolific as they are and, and should be, we pretty much would have hit on at least two five stars. I, I know Scoot would have came if that was an option, and I'm fairly sure that Jalen Green would have came. I know Memphis was pushing them pretty hard. I'm fairly sure he would have came here too. If not for anything, uh, Sharif Cooper, uh, I think he would have came. And you got Sharif Cooper, you got Jabari Smith, you know, you know, a lot has been done for a lot of guys that could have went a lot of other places but came here. So, shout out to uh, Bruce Pearl and along with a way of just basically patting him on the back, doing a, doing a pretty in- incredible 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 job uh here i hope he stays for a while you know i don't know if he will or won't but i hope he does a lot of people are still on zion zion cruz isn't coming to auburn dude that's not that's not happening that's not happening <laughs> I mean, that's, that's it but um man i really do hope that there's billions allocated towards uh bruce pearl's program dude at the very least to me and this isn't just football. This is like, I mean, this isn't just basketball. This is football, you know, the other, I don't, I can't say anything about other programs, but football and basketball. <laughs> I know Armour needs to go. I think if you gave us Nike, I would even take, I mean, Jordan Brand's cooler for basketball. It's kind of whatever football. I don't take Jordan Brand, but if you gave us Nike and then gave us, you know, some some kind of, you gotta try to present like I know it's not a lot of history with Auburn, but you gotta try to like really mate like just glossy up the history. Like add some kind of museum, something like that. It's really like flashy. I'm thinking Kentucky right now. Like kind of like the way they have like these screens, like displaying older players and stuff like that. Just find some way to present this university's background in an interesting way outside of Charles Barkley. You gotta find something to make these guys kind of grab onto like hey it's not just new money there's some old money there too because there's value in that you know a lot of these programs just show these kids you know hey we got 50 draft picks in the past you know eight nine years you know and that works you know if you can find some way to kind of even if you got to go into like just a recent history you got to find some way to just pose things in a very interesting way they need some kind of like Hall that's like very bright and very flashy, and they need some additions to Auburn Arena. Not maybe not just the Auburn Arena. They need a basketball facility too. They don't have a basketball facility. Uh, they pretty much work. I think there's a sporting facility that like, some offices are contained in, and I think there's a basketball. There's an arena that has like basketball aspects in it. Like there's the court that they both share for practice. There's offices, there's like, you know, training areas, and like some other cool nifty areas, but like it's not a basketball facility. I don't know where you put that at because the football facility took up like the last pretty much massive venue 
uh, space that was reserved. That's pretty much them. Uh, so I'm trying to think. People always say, like, why don't you just tear down the old Coliseums? Like, the old Coliseum has a ton and ton of offices that, like, there's no place uh, currently, like, there may be in the future, but there's no place currently to move some of those offices at, if that makes sense. But there's a lot of things that happen in the Coliseum that can't be replaced at this very moment. Uh, if they can find a way to replace those things, I'm sure they, would, they wouldn't have any problem tearing it down, but it's just at this moment, uh, there's not a solution. The same way, there's a lot of places on campus, I'm not going to go all the way into campus dynamics, but like, there's a lot of places on campus that more teachers and more rooms need to be had, period, that just are not had because Auburn has a lot of, they kind of have this kind of like, think like Brazil, Brazil has like a pretty massive divide between rich and poor. Auburn has a really big divide between old and new. Where you just have like some place that has like, you know, 50, 60 classrooms that can't be torn down because they don't have a replacement for it quite yet. Um, yeah, they're trying to figure a way to get Parker out of there. So you know where Parker Hall is at. They're trying to figure a way to modernize the Haley Center, but there's so much, there's so many problems with the Haley Center to get that fucking torn down that it's like, you would literally have to like calculate in calculus in Parker Hall for probably seven semesters on how to make that work. Because they've been trying to make, figure out how to make that work for like 100 years. Uh, but that's it for me. Um, Bruce Pearl is a godsend. But you knew that. But I think you'd be... I think the results of his efforts could be made even more fruitful if the university committed towards modernizing... I love that word. Modernizing our front. The back end, like I said, the fans, the, the, the networking, the social media and all that, you know, the effort that gets put into making these kids love this place every day, all that shit is there. You hear the same thing from Suni Lee, from the superstar prospect, Cam Newtons, the, the, the uh, fucking whoever else is. But the front needs to be better because the front is where a lot, it's the first impression. If you're looking at these Auburn, you know, Under Armour, suits versus these Nike Tech fleece suits, which you know, let me before you even say like Under Armour, I love Under Armour. Go buy a Nike Tech fleece suit right now. I know if you really stand Under Armour, you can afford Nike Tech fleece. So because a lot of a lot of those motherfuckers are rich as hell, I just like, hey, I like Under Armour because you know I they support my values and all that bullshit. Fuck values. Go get a Nike Tech fleece suit right now, and your values will go out the window immediately everybody who says they want to boycott nike back in the day is because they never owned a nike tech fleece suit i can tell you that right now because i own one and they could slap my mom in the- i'm just kidding i'm just i'm just <laughs> all right i hope y'all enjoyed this uh i'll see y'all later hopefully with more positive auburn basketball news hope you enjoyed the scrimmage by the way i like the scrimmage a lot i think i did a episode on it uh earlier in the week hopefully it got posted i'm not sure if it did but uh hopefully that alan flanagan he looks like he's Gonna probably come back ahead of time, in my opinion. Uh, We'll see. Peace.